Welcome to another episode of the Unapologist Podcast, where the best PD happens in your backyard. Tonight, we have the John McClane of Christmas Movie Heroes, Christopher Paulson. <laughs> you know what? I I knew this one was coming, but I was so I was so I was so sick when you told me what it was that I didn't think of a good comeback. All I could think about was I think you may have me mistaken with the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> Ends in a brilliant firework display. Oh yes, that that's my teaching career. Just disaster that falls apart. <laughs> Vito McKenzie on this and uh christopher is a little uh, sounding okay over there you you hey, okay how's how's the week we're, been we're doing good i just i just got over about a food poisoning uh but we are we are back we're doing good we're feeling good um in fact today uh was the first day for the 2021 uh national gathering for indigenous education and i very luckily uh, I, I'm getting the opportunity to attend that. So, uh, you know, going from sickness into some pretty cool uh, PD. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next couple days. You know, day one was, uh, was interesting. And so we'll see how day two and day three go. How are you doing, Vito? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. You know, it's, it's been good. And this week at my school, we're doing Kindness Week. And Kindness Week has a different theme every day, and it just feels like a crash course for my religion course right now. You know, we started with with started with anti racism. We are looking at uh, inclusivity tomorrow with uh, the LGBTQ plus community. We are really just going for it, uh, cyberbullying and keeping a clean digital platform, being an active ally, and then. You know, Friday will be just to be kind to others. So it's it's really a crash course like in my a good week. It's it's a great week. It allows us to unpack. The only issue, Chris. I know what the issue is. Look how long we've been talking for. We've we've been, we've, we've been like, why are we still talking? No one wants to hear about our lives. <laughs> no one came on to hear us, and here we are. We're losing but, subscribers every time we talk about us. Every second, someone turns off. So that's why we're going to shift it now because we got we got someone, we got someone on the show tonight, Chris. You ready for this? I'm coming. This 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 has been a long time coming. We are pumped. We got we got someone with us, and she's going to tell her story. But I am so excited to hear about it because this is a person who knew she wanted to be a teacher when she was young. She currently has her master's of teaching which she got from the University of Toronto. She completed a Bachelor of Arts in her early childhood studies, worked with students ranging from toddlers to the eighth grade, and is just so excited and passionate about sharing her classroom experiences with everybody. She's passionate about literacy, mental health, well-being, social justice. And when she's not in the classroom, you can find her with her family or with a book and her cat, two of the greatest things to have going on for you. Um, really, how does it get better? Currently training to be a spin instructor. She currently runs her own website and teacher pay teacher store, which we'll get a link for you later. Tonight on the show, we have Erica Quach. Erica, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Hi, Vito. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're thank you for coming on. Oh, we we are so so pumped to have you here, and you know, let's jump right into it. Tell us your story. What uh, what got you into teaching and onto the path we're on today? 
Yeah, so I actually knew from a very young age, like you mentioned, in seventh grade, uh, my teacher, Mrs. P, and she knew how to make every child feel welcome. She knew all of our interests. She knew how to make us laugh. And not only did she cover curriculum content in a very engaging manner where her lessons were creative but she also spent time just to have small talk with us to get to know us and her classroom felt very welcoming she let me know that she fought to have me in her eighth grade classroom for the following year as well so I was really lucky to have her two years in a row oh that's amazing so she did get you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and so when you jumped in grade grade eight you're obviously coming in you're very excited to have her how was that experience any different like like how, how did that set you I, I believe in toronto it's k to eight and then nine to uh to, to 12 right yes yeah so when you're at that age too i think there's just so many insecurities and you're growing up you're trying to understand how to navigate um gaining new friends um studies and i felt a little socially awkward as a child. So I would volunteer to stay in at recess. I always wanted to be reading books. I wrote an 87 handwritten short story in her class in eighth grade. <laughs> like she motivated me that hard to just be myself. And I thought when I'm older, I want to make other students feel like this in my own classroom. So I have just a quick question on my end. She told you when you were in grade seven that she like fought to have you in the grade eight class? Yes. Wow. No, but that has to be like, I'm just, I'm just thinking like, you know, if I'm in grade seven, I'm putting myself back when I was in grade seven. And if a teacher came to me and said like, listen, like, I think you're so awesome that I actually like, I like told, you know, the principal, like, I, I, I want you to, if, if I get one thing next year, have you in my class? Like, how, how amazing does that make a student feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like and, the confidence. And Vito, we have a big vibe right there, right? Like, whether it's like fighting to have a kid in your class or just like anything like you, you know fight for your students right absolutely absolutely big bye all right so keep, so so keep going keep going keep going so you have this amazing miss p inspiring teacher who just just made you feel like who you are and, and got you to write an 80 what 87 page short story like <laughs> handwritten handwritten yeah, cursive some of it <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. Keep going then. So what, what happens afterwards? What, yeah. Like what? So um, after that, I went to high school and I always knew I was still on the way to become a teacher. Um, after that, I early childhood studies program, but my goal was to teach grade eight just because I wanted to work with that age after what she did for me. However, when I went into the English program, Um, at a different university and I didn't really enjoy it Um, I liked more of the creative writing aspect but I found I was looking at a lot of classic novels just not what I expected so I transferred to get my early childhood studies degree and then I was able to minor in English and still get into the master of teaching program to teach intermediate students so back to my grade eight goal (laughs) different route but still was able to attain it you know, I, I, as someone who, who did teach seven eight for a little while, I, I find it quite. I w- I'm always amazed when I talk with teachers who want to teach that age group. <laughs> like, and you, you, you were dead set on it for for a long time. Like that, that's 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 amazing, because that's that's a tough group. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that from administration as well. I, I guess it's just 
thinking back to that age and thinking about what I needed to hear and what I wanted and thinking about some of the behaviors that are exhibited when students behave in certain ways that um, are not as conducive to learning in the classroom. There's always a reason for everything. So I just come with that compassionate mindset. And I think that's why it's it's worked out really well for me working with that age. I also think, too, that, you know, in this field of education that we're in, um, there's always a fit, you know, there's always a fit for every single teacher. You know, not everyone is going to be that grade 12, uh, you know, dash one university level math teacher, you know, but someone is and they're not everyone is going to fit in that middle school or junior high role, but someone is and it's really it's really cool that like, you know, you kind of that was a fit that you were actually seeking because you're like, I know what it's like to be that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then um, this year, I actually landed a permanent position with grade one and two. So it's back to early childhood studies again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, congrats. <laughs> Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Thank you. So you, uh, you, you're in grade one and two now. So you're, so you were doing that middle school, that like seven, eight, or that grade eight range for a little while. Yeah, and grade six for about three years after I graduated. Um, okay. And then the only permanent position that I was um, apply for was the one and two. And I thought I'm, I'm probably going to prefer grade eight, but I'm going to work really hard. I'm sure I'll love this too. And right now I see pros and cons for both ages. So I really like working with both primary and junior intermediates I found. Awesome. Awesome. And, 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 you know, everything carries over what you learn from grade one, two about pacing is going to apply very well to grade eight and seven Mm -hmm. and whatever's up there. So that's, 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 I love it. I love it. Love it. So, uh, you know, one of the things you advocate for is to bring, build, and maintain a joyful place. And that requires some serious organization and management. So talk to us about your management and organization strategies and how how are they implemented in the classroom? Yeah, so to stay organized, especially with primary and in my own personal life, a calendar is extremely important. So um, with primary students, calendars really helps them, uh, like calendar time helps them to understand math concepts. When they're looking forward to something, we count the number of days until that event. Tomorrow's pajama and stuffy day because they've earned enough points in our in-class reward system. So we've been counting down to this day for a while. Uh, We talk about the weekend, um, what to expect. So that helps them to understand what to look for when they picture their entire month. And then for me, it's really important that I put in the dates that um, are important to me and what I need to do in my calendar. Like this podcast recording has been on my calendar for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, my in my personal life, my bullet journal, that's been very helpful. So a to-do list is essential for every teacher to make sure that they know what meetings are coming up, um, what meetings they have with parents, with other staff members, what they want to do after work as well, um, because it's important to schedule in time for yourself. And then organizing the physical space um, to help students keep focus and to help me keep focused, especially when we had to work from home for a while. Okay, so when when you say organizing the physical space, take us kind of through what that looks like in terms of like in the classroom and then maybe mm-hmm. just touch on what it made have looked like when we were kind of doing the offsite learning for a little while there, because I, I, I really like that. I do think that the physical space 
of a classroom is really important. And that's coming from someone who I, I no longer am full time in the classroom. So I teach uh, I teach ha uh, half time. And so I am like, always a guest in the classrooms that I teach in. Um, so I kind of see a lot of different types of physical setup. So when you say when you when you say that, what does it kind of look like? Yeah, I think about colors and I've seen many primary classrooms. They have lots of rainbow, lots of bright, vibrant hues, but I feel like that could be very distracting um, for younger learners. So I try to have a more neutral setting with um, the type of decor that I choose with the printables that I have. Um, I'm choosing pastel colors, lighter blues, more beiges. Also making sure there's enough space not even with the COVID restrictions, but giving students enough space to move, um, to learn, to work in groups if they have to, decluttering. Um, it can be hard for primary students to get used to picking things up off the floor or making sure that their desk area is neat. So it's taken quite a few reminders, but the less clutter there is, the more that um, mentally they're able to focus. And um, giving classroom jobs, because it keeps the kids accountable. Um, so for example, we have the class caretaker who goes around the classroom just to take a final look at the floor at the end of the day. We have our door holders so that there's not um, a clutter of students by the door. One person's holding the door. We have line leaders. Uh, we have, which other jobs we have? We have attendance reminders too, to remind me to take attendance. So um, <laughs> those are things that help keep me organized and also gives the students a sense of responsibility and leadership. And it brings them joy. They get very excited about their jobs. It also thinks like, I mean, like maybe I'm wrong, but it, you know, when you're the, when you have a job, you're cultivating a sense of accountability and in, in ownership of the classroom from everyone in the room, not just the teacher. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to, and, and it gives students an ownership of the classroom too. I think like, like that, that's my role. Like this is, it gives them pride in, in where they are. That's, that's really cool. Um, well, to take me through, like I, you, you mentioned a classroom reward system. Can, can, can you tell me about that? That sounds really neat. Sure. Yeah. So um, this is placed into groups. We have six different groups right now. And I gave them names like the donuts group, the cupcakes group, just because food is a huge thing on their minds. Their favorite time is snack time. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they love their group titles. And then when they say kind words to each other, and it, it can't just be, oh, you're nice. It has to be something very I really like the way you picked up so-and-so's jacket, or I really like how you listened to Erica right away when she asked you to put that away. So clear and specific feedback to others. Um, also helping to volunteer for things in the classroom. Like if I ask, can someone um, put these books away because I just found them on the floor, um, just volunteers. Then also if someone wants to go to a bathroom, and it's during something like a during an activity the students really like, like a go noodle movement video. And then one student decides to take the hit and say, okay, I'll go with them to the washroom. Then I'll give a point just for being selfless there. So I think after the pandemic too, they need more reminders about how to behave around each other at that age. So this is a fun addition to other things we do to encourage intrinsic motivation, but they get really excited about, um, the prizes we work towards, because if as a whole class, we get enough points, uh, we had a movie afternoon once, tomorrow's PJ Stuffy Day, and then we'll see what December holds. 
It was always fun at that age. Yeah. <laughs> it was always fun. Um, so, you know, it seems as though we got a joyful class. We have a class where kids are being, you know, they're, they're cultivating a sense of ownership and accountability. But like any classroom, I'm thinking like, you know, as much as we wish we all had those classrooms where everything was perfect all the time, how does this management strategy come in when there is a behavior issue or when there is a disagreement or when there is something that requires kind of like next level classroom management? Um, what's kind of your philosophy when you get into that type of a situation? Really great question. So we, I actually end up subtracting a point and then because of the fact that they're in teams, um, like the student will see their other team members are disappointed and they get a sense that, oh, I've done something that has hurt other people in this classroom. And there's a lot of debriefing too. So oftentimes at recess, when there's more of an unstructured playtime, um, there'll be things that happen. And then when we come in, we spend a lot of time explaining what the problem was and what the solution should be and multiple solutions and then what the issue is if they didn't resolve it appropriately at that time and um, often the students actually get very enthusiastic about participating to say what the solution is because they want to work towards making sure the classroom is a joyful environment because when it's joyful and we're earning points everyone's smiling laughing so when it doesn't feel like that they really feel the shift in the whole tone in the classroom Mm -hmm. and making sure parents are on board and know what's happening oh I, yeah you're you're talking to people who are key on that the the school <laughs> yeah. parents teacher student parent relationship is so so important to keep those lines of communication open i really like that how it's a kind of about you know it's it's not about um I don't know, getting someone in trouble. It's about being aware of the feeling in the room and knowing that if something doesn't feel right, we have to address it. And, and I do think big vibe veto, um, the idea of no matter what happens, that idea of debriefing, you know, whether it's a good thing or, or a bad thing or whatever, I think the con the idea of debriefing with the class is so important. Um, we are, you know, as a, you know, for the courses I teach, the grade 12 courses, we're about, uh, you know, when you really think about it, we're about like four or five-ish weeks out from uh, exam period right now. Um, that doesn't include the Christmas break or anything like that. Um, but in terms of actual teaching days, and so I realized it was time to like pre-brief about what the exam looks like. So that idea of debriefing and, and bringing everyone involved in the conversation is so important. We recently also did um, dramatic arts role play scenarios of social conflicts that happen at recess and then in the classroom, and then how you would resolve it. And they did really well with that. I really think oh, that's that. cool. It, it, yeah. Drama it before it happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're prepared. <laughs> when it does happen, you can say, wait a minute, you knew that was a bad choice. This, this is not how we acted it out. This is not how we acted it out. <laughs> That's not how it's supposed to go. I love that. I, 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 next semester, Vito, with my grade 12s, I'm going to do that. I'm doing that. Consider that one done. Now you know what you know what I, I'm gonna do this one. I'm I'm gonna do that next week. I'm I'm penciling it in. We are going to role play scenarios because 
we, we can all use a bit more love and kindness in this world. <laughs> Pre-planned. Love it. Thank you, Miss Quash. That's awesome. Um, no now, one thing you touched upon in your scheduling and your calendaring is taking time for yourself. And we all know this job is very demanding. So let's let's dive into building balance. Talk to us about your work-life balance. And, and if you don't mind, I'll offer some advice to the profession here. Yeah, um, September and October, because I was diving into a new grade this year, so the ones and twos, whereas I was used to middle school, to very difficult, and I was having struggles um, with work-life balance, but now I'm at a stage where I feel more confident talking about it, and I'm able to get back into it, highlighted how important it is for us as teachers to take that time to ourselves no matter what, so even if it's a video or if it's 10 journal every little bit counts and I think I lost sight of that in September and October but when we say we don't have time for ourselves we're pretty much all time for our mental health and that means we can't show up as the best teacher we can be or as the best family member we can be making time for hobbies and for exercise um like you were saying with this church training that's a huge part of my life and it brings me joy. So I want everyone to make time for the things that bring them joy. Um, and having a routine, I have a morning and, um, and in the morning, either journaling and or exercise, even if it's for 20 minutes, it used to, I used to think it to take an hour, but realistically in our profession, we might not always get that. So even it's of light movement, helps um five minutes of journaling and then i go to work and then it's a light dinner um, settling in doing any preparation i might need to do for the next day and then it, and i found a really nice routine to help calm me down and settle down at the end of the night and to help prepare me in the morning has really made each and every day really joyful and feel more balanced i like this idea of having um personal routine outside of school right you know we have so many routines that were you know you get to school you know what you do block one you know what you do block two three four you know what you're doing at lunch you you have we have these routines we follow we know what we're doing every class we know how it's supposed to look like and then so often you know outside of that school building it's just like blah it's a complete mess it's a you know uh i didn't set an alarm so some days i'm up at this time and some days i'm up at that time so i really think yeah. the idea of of a of, uh, of routine and hey like Another you know, veto, you know, obvious big vibe in there, you know, make time for the things that bring you joy, right? You got it. You got it. Now, you 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 touched upon journaling a few times when you were talking about your, you know, taking time for yourself. That seems to be um, a big part of what what you're going after here. Can you can you dive into that a bit more? Sure. Did you say journaling? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Journaling. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. So I actually journal from Indigo and... Um, every day, it gives you a short quote at the top. It's just a, a quote that makes you think about being more present um, or what you can give to others. And then three things you're grateful for, um, three things that you want to do that day. And then one, the last one is what you want to feel or aspire to be for that day, something along those lines. Um, so it's really, really short. And it's really only a couple minutes. And at the end of the the night prompt is three things you were happy with that happened that day. Oh, that, oh, oh, 
you know that that that's just a good habit to have to actually yeah. go back and, and yeah and think about like what what was the good of this day that that's awesome yeah i like that i love that idea too. Mm -hmm. gratitude on uh, releases serotonin um i love that um i i really like the idea of journaling um so my question to you is uh, is this then so when you first started thinking okay you know journaling is something i'm going to do you know, I'm going to, I think this is going to be a positive thing for me. Um, do you have any tips to, for someone? Because obviously just talking to you, I can see that, you know, you're telling us about these routines and you're telling us about this stuff because, you know, it's something you practice what you preach type thing. When you first got into the idea of journaling, how did you stick with it? Because I know there's a lot of people who recognize the value in things like journaling or other wellness activities. And they do it for a day, they do it for a couple days, they do it for a week, and then they miss a day, and then they do it for three days, and then they miss a few days, and all of a sudden, they don't do it anymore. Um, any advice on kind of how to stick to the things that are good for our personal well-being outside of the school to keep that work-life balance? Yeah, I think um, science says it takes around 27 days for something to become a habit, so it just takes being consistent for that amount and then you kind of stop thinking about it when you get up it's the first thing you naturally do but to build up to that 27 days just I found that every single time I did it it was something I looked forward to because it was my own time for me before I had to give myself to everything else to text messages to social media to the classroom so I think if everyone sees it in that way that you're doing something that is good and healthy for you even if it's a little bit amount of time, um, it adds just that spark of joy. So seeing it in, with that through that lens will help um, someone to continue doing that. And hey, listen to Erica Quatch, right? Get yourself a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, schedule everything. <laughs> Put day one, day 27, check, 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 check. Oh, I didn't do it. Got to check it off. Let's figure it out. I like it. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a good, good mindset there. That's right. Yeah, you want you want to wake up and make sure that you feed yourself mentally and mm -hmm. physically and emotionally every day. Otherwise, you know what what can you possibly offer? That's that's great. That's great. Yeah, I've uh, also learned that. Um, sorry, there's a habit people have of reaching for their phone first thing when they wake up, and it actually spikes your cortisol, so it makes you start off in a reactive state, and then instead of being more creative and um, being more able to interact with people where you're more yourself you tend to just be more reactive and less mindful so huge vibe everyone go out <laughs> right now buy an alarm <laughs> clock put the phone in the kitchen don't use it as your alarm clock yeah that's what i actually do <laughs> i know it's great i i haven't had a phone in my bedroom for years and uh i mean my kids wake me up but <laughs> so i'm not an alarm clock either but no, you're you're absolutely right. Like I, I like uh, what the, I can't think of something better in the morning when you ignore your phone for at least half an hour to just kind of get yourself through the day. Like just getting getting that good vibes going. That that's that that's awesome. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, now, in your in your opinion, what is something you think educators should be unapologetic about in their practice? Yes. So for me, I would say prioritizing mental health for students and teachers. And that means being more flexible with students. So giving extra time if they need, understanding that um, they're, how they're feeling in your classroom should come before 
making sure every single curriculum expectation is met before a certain due date um, and giving students breaks when they need. So being more compassionate and then doing that for yourself as well. So if that means um, getting up a little bit earlier to journal or if that means um, saying no to something that you feel obligated to do, but you know that you really can't give all of yourself to, then then you have to say no for your mental health. Wow. Vita. Chris. I'm looking at our time right here. Oh, oh, oh. I'm oh, seeing it. it I'm seeing it. It's <laughs> coming. It oh, I know what time it's the For the Polson, the Polson, Polson points. Oh, my goodness. We had the pleasure today of talking with Erica Quatch. She's a wonderful educator. And she gave us a bit of a, a crash course today on a lot of different uh, things. We got those Polson points for you tonight. Hey, number one, fight for your students. No matter what that means to you, be on their, get their back. Fight for those kids because they're working hard for you. Fight for them. You know, Erica had a teacher that straight up said, I, I, I fought to have you in my class. Can you imagine if you just said, like, you know, I got your back because I believe you can do this assignment. I got your back, you know? Imagine what we can, the, the, the confidence we can instill in young people. Hey, number two, have trouble with organization, friends? Start with a calendar. Start with a calendar. Hey, number three, no matter what happens in a class, don't neglect debriefing with your students. I love that. Don't neglect the debrief. You know, no matter what happens, after it's done, debrief it so people understand it. Hey, number four, hey, routines are key both inside or outside of the school. And uh, hey, another Polson point number five, great Polson point tonight. Address issues that may come up before they happen. I love that. I love that. But Vito, Vito, we got the big vibes too. Hey, make time for the things that bring you joy. Make time for the things that bring you joy because they're essential. Big vibe number two. Buy an alarm clock. Stop using the phone next to the bed. It's not helping you out at all, friends. Listeners, go out to Walmart, go out to Canadian Tire, wherever it is, I don't know. Get yourself an alarm clock. Get one of those old school ones with the wood panel and the red light. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> an AM radio in it? I love it. Because that phone, that phone's doing nothing for you. Hey, and, and finally, uh, Erica Quatch on the show tonight, and... and and she tells us to be unapologetic about prioritizing mental health for our students and for ourselves. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time tonight and, and just the wisdom that you shared with us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. And to see more from Erica or if you want to check out her resources, you can find her at kidsarethefuture.net. And you can also find her on her Teachers Paid Teacher Store under that same name as well. And we'll have it posted on our website too, to check it out there. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unapologist podcast. Join us next week when we'll talk with great people, learn new ideas, and tell the story of teaching as it happens. This is Vito and Chris signing off. Podcast.